What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. We changed up the lineup a little bit this week. We got uh, back from a long podcast hiatus. We got Eli Kim uh, here, uh, the voice of uh, Cavs the Tweets. You know, the guy who I would say 98% of the tweets that comes from yeah. Cavs the Tweets is from Eli. I chip in every now and again, but most of them are Eli. And uh, then we have our old friend Tom, uh, old man, get off my lawn, Pestak. Um, That's right. Just, <laughs> just from a, uh, we Eli had to wait while he was he was uh, given some tech support <laughs> at home. So, was that what you were doing, Tom? A little tech support? A little tech support, yeah. Yeah, Tom is Tom is a man of many talents. Yes. So, so Cavs, Indeed. Cavs, uh pitched a 123-114 victory over the Hawks and <laughs> wasn't nearly that close. I think what the biggest lead was like 24. And then That's it, right. It, and then the garbage time Hawks scored 37 in the fourth. Yes. And so that was kind of where, where that came from. But the Cavs were up big, even though LeBron played late into the game, but it was more because the Cavs just don't have many point guards right now with – yeah. Uh Derek Rose out and Dwayne Wade uh sat tonight. Um much like uh Kevin Love sat the other night against uh was it the Sixers which which made for an interesting Sixers game. Um but yeah, it's been a good week. Uh the Cavs dropped one to the Pacers on Friday and I don't think any of us were too heartbroken about it. It was a good game and the Cavs were just kind of due. For, yeah, did I hear right that they lost like eight out of nine games at um at the Pacers? You may at, have at Indiana um, something ridiculous like that, was, which I had yeah, in the regular I did a season. double pick. Like, is it okay? Yeah, because wait, we we swept them in the playoffs. Um, 
last year. So, yeah, but that's kind of crazy. And, you know, all I can think about is, do you remember way back um, in the LeBron 1.0 era when the Cavs lost a game because the referees basically issued a makeup call for Danny Granger on, like, a three-point attempt at the buzzer, and he really didn't get fouled, but they they gave him the call because previously LeBron drew a foul going to the hoop, and Mike Brown basically, like, completely lost his mind, which was pretty out of character for him. Do you guys remember that game? No, but uh, it, that sounds uh, plausible. Yes. and We uh, know that it wasn't Ty Lue protesting a call because – Tyler does not to lose like to lose money on technicals. Yeah, true. Hey, <laughs> might, speaking of Ty Lue, sorry, go what did what what do you think about him uh pulling LeBron with like two and a half minutes left instead of letting him go for his career high in assists? Because he tied his career high tonight in seventeen. Um, but you know, he easily could have gotten, you know, eighteen or nineteen if he had stayed in for the last seven or eight possessions. I, uh, I don't know. I think it's probably LeBron's call. I mean, if LeBron had said he wanted to stay out there, I, he probably would have uh, been allowed to stay out there. But I, it was probably the smart move. I mean, don't play LeBron any more than you need to. Yeah, that's fair. Plus, it's not like you're running it. It's not like that's a good team. I mean, that's arguably the worst team in the league. They're tied for the worst record, and <laughs> and they were not very good tonight. I mean, the Cavs were just kind of running them they were boat racing them for most of the game. So, well, they, yeah, I mean, they couldn't handle the Cavs at all defensively, but I mean, they did, they did hit a lot of threes that kept them in the game. Yeah. For most of the first half. Yeah. Baysmore was six for 10 and that was a lot of it. And then, you know, and, and most of them were, you know, fairly well defended. I mean, there was a lot of threes that guys just had an inch or two a room. So, by the way, Ursan Ilyasova is a holds the button down too long on the controller shooter, I realized tonight. <laughs> yeah, but he's having a good season. I mean, he started out pretty cold, but the last couple of weeks he's been playing well. Um, they have a lot of guys on that team. I feel like they could try to move at the trade deadline. You know, they've got uh, Bellinelli and Ursan Ilyasova and, uh, and Bazemore. Any one of those guys could could be a guy that a team looking to make a pay- playoff push might want to grab for a draft pick. So I, I tell you what, I would deal uh Schrader. I really think yeah, Schroeder. I I really I really think uh his inability to shoot is going to be his downfall. I think the first time he, you know, messes up his knee and has to miss a couple weeks, he's never going to be the same player again. Well, that and he has overtaken Kyrie Irving as the worst defensive player in the league. He's awful. He was, he is one of the, like by most advanced analytics, he's just absolutely one of the worst defenders in the league. So, I mean, you look at his numbers defensively with him on and off the court and they're, they're pretty telling. So I buy it. I, I hey, think sounds, uh, sounds plausible. A quick note, guess who is the best defensive player based on defensive plus minus for the Cavs. It's a shocker. I look it up today. Kyle Corver. Yeah, I'm going to go with Corver. It's actually not him. Okay, I'm going to go with Channing Fry. Yes, it is <laughs> Channing Fry. Yeah. Well, stop poking holes in our plus-minus stats, will you? <laughs> well, I think that more has to do with some of the backup players Channing Fry is going against are pretty bad. You know, we've seen a lot, and the Cavs have played a lot of bad teams in this stretch, you know. 
We've got, uh, who was it? Kyle Cavanaugh. <laughs> whatever i don't even know what his first name is uh tyler cavanaugh and then the other then we've got uh babbitt luke That's babbitt different. so it's yeah, not tyler like these cavanaugh. guys are are world beaters um there was a time when i wanted the Cavs to go after luke babbitt because then they could have said that they had um employed the services of like 11 out of the 12 Lukes that had ever played in the NBA. Because <laughs> there was some guy back in like the 70s named Luke that played for the Cavs. And of course, everyone remembers Luke Jackson. And there was, I think the Cavs had Luke Ridenow. Or did they have Luke Ridenow? Or was he one of the ones that got no, away? No, he too? didn't. He didn't. They didn't have Luke Ridenow. Okay, well, they, they had Walton. Luke Walton. Heron Goaty. Ah, Heron Goaty. That's right. Goaty. Oh, <laughs> the D League commercials. Heron Goaty put the D League on the map, man. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite Cavalier fan sections was Goaty's guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. think it's the same place where Ira's Ira's Newblehood <laughs> used to be. <laughs> was it Ira's Newblehood or was it Ira Newble's neighborhood? No, it was Ira's Newblehood. <laughs> okay, I just gotta make sure because you know how you just like summon things into being with your mind right so who me the guy of yes. the master of fake news yeah yes that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so, yeah we, you know what weird game tonight um it was a weird game tonight did you i you know and you know when i first noticed that it was weird was when they they flashed the stat with i don't know like a minute to go in the first quarter and the score was i don't know 24 21 or something and it said that the Cavs were already like six of eight from the three point line. Yeah. And I thought and then and then Atlanta was something obscene from the three point line. And I did the math I'm like, holy crap, like ninety percent of the points scored in this quarter have been on three pointers, and these teams are shooting an outlandish percentage. So I couldn't figure out why the score wasn't even more ridiculous. Like it was kind of a typical first quarter score at that point. And, um, you know, I was talking about a lot of turnovers or are they playing a slow pace or what's going on. And so I was kind of keeping track of that because I thought unless that stat was incorrect, both of these teams are on pace to like break three point records. Yet the score isn't some, you know, sideways number right now. Well, part of it um, was there was hardly any free throws. There was 23 there free is. throws in yes. the game. See, that's why we work well together, Nate, because you're already, like, completing my thoughts. Yes, exactly. It was really strange how few free throws were called uh, on either end. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, just kind of a weird game. Like, I it started was a wondering... weird game. So one of the things that was a weird game, J.R. Smith early on trending towards a triple-double. It looked like he might get there in the third quarter. Um, but the problem was he only had three points, and he finished with three points, five rebounds, and eight assists. Which is a a line you will never see again from J.R. Smith. Yeah, that that is an odd, Indeed, odd yeah. line. <laughs> and, yeah, and then of course we got to talk about yeah. LeBron with uh, and his I mean, part twenty-five of it was, and like seventeen said, and seven. Yeah, go ahead. With only two turnovers, with only two turnovers. And, um, am I like lagging out? Because my Rocket League is lagging out right now. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be playing Rocket so League at the same time. I'm just saying. My internet is bad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that's got, not the problem. I don't know what's I, going it on. It sounds like uh, Mrs. Pestat. I, I think it's because my uh, I think it's probably downloading uploading some Shutterfly pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, uploading Shutterfly. Maybe put a maybe put a pause on the Rocket League there, Tom. <laughs> pictures for the for the family. For the family it is. Christmas? I, 
It did. I that wasn't the culprit. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So you might need to. You might need. You. You might need to. Uh, um. We've we've lost Tom. So <laughs> Eli, LeBron's line tonight: yep. eleven of thirteen from the field. Uh, pr- pretty amazing. Two or three from three point line. <laughs> 17 assists, 25 points, uh, game leading plus 19. And he looked like he was barely breaking a sweat. Um, <laughs> Tom says we, we may have to Stephen Hawking him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we need a different voice. I feel like Stephen Hawking is, is only for, uh, only for EG, but, yeah. uh, <laughs> Tom's so here we go. Everything Tom says is gonna be I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean LeBron hardly breaking a sweat. The insane number for the Cavs tonight, thirty five assists on forty eight field goals. That is thirty five as assists is a pretty big number. Well and one guy had about half of them. Yeah, James, so. and only only thirteen turnovers, which is pretty pretty amazing, and yeah, so LeBron huge game. Jay Crowder another nice game from him. Uh, Tom, I think mentioned they were thirteen and zero. Yeah, I am Groot. He just said thirteen and zero with uh, when uh, Jay Crowder scores in double digits. So uh, the Predator posting a nice game, <laughs> playing against his fellow Predator. Um, Tarian Prince. Tar- and I am Groot, Tom says, uh, should the Cavs just trade away all their point guards? Which, <laughs> Which is ironic because I think Calderon had probably the best game of his uh, yeah, Cavs he did. career. Today. He had a great game. Uh, he was 5 of 7 from the field, um, 14 points, 4 assists, 0 turnovers, um, 4 or 5 from 3. Tom says that's why you make the big bucks. Those kind, of, those kind of uh, <laughs> those kind of observations. So uh, Jeff Green also with a very big game, um, seven to twelve, just looks so springy around the basket. I mean, he had that baseline cut that LeBron fed yeah, in that bounce dunk. slice bounce pass, and I was like, oh, he's not going to have enough to. Oh, yeah, okay, and he, he dunked, he dunked that. Yeah, yeah, that was very nice, and then. <laughs> As uh, Groot says, Jeff Green looks like a cut-up twenty-three-year-old. That's the you know that's the funny thing about the the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxies is they do the uh, the I am Groot, and then of course you have Rocket Raccoon always translates. So uh, this mm-hmm. is I'm I'm playing the part of Rocket Raccoon today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the just going back to LeBron, I thought in the first half he looked like super uninterested in playing. I mean, he wasn't trying to score, and he really was just so passive. It felt like he was upset or sick or something. I don't know if you felt that way, too. I didn't really see it just because the whole team, I thought, was playing pretty well, especially in the third quarter. I mean, the Cavs got off. They always start slow anymore. I mean, if that had been a good team, they'd have been out down 3-15. to 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's just who the Cavs are at this point. They, they've they got old legs. It takes them a while to warm up. <laughs> but, and then, so what changed in the second? 
Well, they've, the Cavs actually stopped playing defense in the second, but it got their offense going, too. Um, I mean, the Hawks only had 48 points going into the second half, and then they kind of exploded. But I thought the uh, I thought LeBron just wanted to take over in the second half, to be honest. I thought that's what kind of triggered everyone else to play a lot better. And Korver obviously came off the bench and was a huge spark with all those threes he was making. Yeah, and let's be honest, we might have seen the best LeBron dunk of the year so far tonight. That's that, true, uh, yeah. driving two-hander over Taurean Prince, uh, the jackhammer, as Groot says. Um, <laughs> and he should have gotten an and one because he got whacked on the head. But it was just so quick and so violent that uh, <laughs> that that I, I don't think the ref even knew what was going on, so... Yeah, and we also saw the Kraken tonight from J.R. Smith, actually. I Did think we see Tom... the Kraken from J.R. Smith? I, I missed that one. Yeah, it was a pretty good, good, uh, pretty good dunk by LeBron. <laughs> so uh, one point LeBron wanted me to make up, so is it, if we move on to Jeff Green, who not only is he dunking well around the rim, but he's just got... He can finish over either shoulder. He's got that little face up out to about 10, 12 feet. That's pretty good when he has room and he gets his feet under him. Any farther than that, I don't want him shooting it, but out to 12 feet, I'm, I'm good with it. Um, and he's finishing over, you know, uh, jump hooks over either shoulder. And then, so, Le- uh, Tom mentioned that Jeff Green is shooting 51%. When his career field goal percentage is 44%. And it's pretty amazing because Jeff Green is jacking up a lot of threes towards the end of games and garbage time. And he also seems to be the guy that always takes the last second shot, you know, the three quarter court shot. So Jeff Green's doing all that despite throwing up a lot of, uh, questionable shots. I mean, if he really wanted to protect quote unquote, his shooting percentages, he could probably be up in the 60s if he wanted to be. So he's uh, he's definitely filling yeah. it up on the break, and and he's, quite frankly, a much better finisher and cutter than Tristan Thompson is. I think he's a little bit more of a creative finisher. Plus, we've always talked about one of the Tristan's problems is he's not a good one-handed dunker. Yeah, um, he, has, he has small hands for a big guy. Yeah, I'm not sure I've I'm not sure I've ever seen a Tristan one-handed dunk. I've, now that you I've seen that. one-handed fin- uh, layups before, but he didn't even get that move till like you know two or three years in. So yeah, yeah. I, I'll agree with you, Tom. Uh, apparently, the photos have been uploaded, huh? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, you guys stopped stuttering, so I figured maybe you know maybe you stopped stuttering. Well, you're maybe coming in loud good. and clear there. Heck yeah, yeah. And so one, uh, field goal percentage note I wanted to make: LeBron, I think I saw this stat on Twitter yesterday, but LeBron has shot above fifty percent from three in every game except five this season, which, wow. which is unbelievable. If you think, yeah, about that it. is, especially when you consider the types of threes he's shooting. He's not like spotting up, squared up, you know. No, like, mo- like that him. year that he shot really well in Miami. He had kind he of was. mastered that catch and shoot three, but this is a yeah, totally different. Yeah, this is shot. a totally different. Yeah, this is a this is a totally like he's already got the ball, um, stepping back a lot of times, 
Oh, that one time, he had in the fourth where he stepped back in the left corner. That yeah, was he's filthy. Well, he not only stepped back, but he stepped to the side, too. Yeah, yeah that was oh, that was nasty. <laughs> Dude, you know what was nasty tonight um, was the behind-the-back pass he made to Corver. Oh, I missed it. I missed it. i got to go oh, back and watch the highlights. Yeah, and Corver, yeah. the net, like, barely moved. And then he caught the timeout. I was uh, I had to play the role of EG tonight. Uh, posting the uh, La Flama Blanca picks on the oh. uh, live thread every time Corver made a three. Yeah, and so that's why I that missed role. a couple plays. Um, yeah, but Corver, let's talk about Corver, who was on fire tonight, six and nine from three. Um, at one point, he was like five of five, I thought. <laughs> I mean, he was just. Yeah, I, I think you're right. He was. He was. Four or four or five or five at one point, yeah. Yeah, I mean he was like, unconscious, and it was so weird. You know, the game they lost in Indiana. Do you remember how like Corver kept missing all those wide yeah. open threes? <laughs> yeah, and that was kind <laughs> and, of the thing about Indiana game. I just was like, it's a make or miss league, and they just missed too many shots tonight. And Indiana hit a lot of shots. I mean, yeah. Let's talk about how good Victor yeah, Oladipo was that game. He was ridiculous. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know Oladipo. <laughs> That was disgusting. Yeah. Who was it? Was it you, Eli? Was or no? It was uh, was it David that said in our email thread that um, the Ind- Indiana got the better end of the uh, so Paul far George it's trade? looking like it. I mean, that's I, I, that was crazy, me actually. Oh, was it you? But, well, I mean, unless I fake news right now and said I'm pretty you know, sure that was David. Yeah, you might want to go check that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was David. Hey, Eli, know, what David, you David bailed on recapping this game tonight, so I'm just gonna. Eli, uh, what what is your recollection? Who brought that? Oh, up? I'm not sure. Oh, we can look it up. That's the nice thing about the internet. <laughs> hey, I have the best ideas. All my best. I have huge ideas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah i mean yeah victor oladipo playing fantastically oh my gosh he was unstoppable like austin Carr was like crying out for the Cavs to just start doubling him I, and they uh, refused to do it and what he dropped like 24 points in one quarter in third yeah and yeah. a lot of that was on jr and they would just i mean jr just was helpless oh, against him yeah he was he was he, he was it and was... part of that was he couldn't get a call but um but also, you don't when a guy's that hot, you don't put a guy that the refs hate on him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well said. Yes, well said. Jr. is one of the most got to be one of the most hated guys in the league by refs. And what I don't understand is why like Draymond has not assumed that title. Oh yeah, I mean, what was it? We were all saying, you know, a couple weeks ago when LeBron got tossed from that game. Oh yeah, it's it like that's that's just a day that ends in Y for Draymond Green. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, it, or, I mean, whatever. It's it's weird. I don't know what Draymond has, though. I think it's like... He knows where the bodies are buried or something. I don't know. It, it's... He I, must I don't just never how he like, gets away. He Either just, that or it's like the Dikembe thing where everyone else in the league that wagged their finger would get a T for taunting, yeah. but he wouldn't because it was like his thing. So Draymond's thing <laughs> must be being just like a total, you know, jackass and it's like well it's his that's his thing so we'll let him you know yeah. go there and everyone else gets teed up yeah <laughs> I, yeah i don't that's that's my best that's my best hypothesis honestly i don't know what else it could be yeah i i don't understand it but yeah i mean the kevs big night tonight another weird uh stat channing fry no three-pointers 
Yeah, but he uh, went to the hole a couple times. Yeah, three yeah. for four from the floor. So it was a very weird night. I it, thought it was a strange night. He had yeah. a couple long, long twos, though. I thought that is true. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the ca- I mean, the Cavs looked really good. Uh, did what you should do against a team like Atlanta. a bad team. Yeah. Put him, put him to bed with a barrage of three pointers. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin Love, another very solid game. Yeah, I, I really love the play where Love got fouled like nine times, but he kept staying with it and eventually oh, yeah. got the and, and one. That was kind of to me the turning point of the game. I thought that was yeah, like, it okay, really the, did because the... they were kind of hanging around until that, and then that was sort of like when the Cavs kind of you know asserted their will a little bit on them. And then then Kevin Love got the three point play, and I will say he is. One of the things that's really underrated, he is a really good defensive rebounder. I mean, just he's really good at doing like the the quick grab on the defensive rebound where like he'll box you out and he'll grab the ball before you realize it's coming down. Like he just sends has a really good sense of where the rebound is going to be. And he seems to get there before everybody else. Like he's not the biggest guy, but he's just a really, really good instinctive rebounder. Um, I don't know what to make of the Cavs defense at all because since the winning streak started, like at no time did I really feel like it. I don't know. It was almost like the rebounding issue. It's like, well, yeah, they're not a great rebounding team, but oh, they scored 125 points. So <laughs> does that really matter? Yeah, like, I, I mean, sort of feel like that about the defense now. Like they're doing enough defensively that it doesn't bother me. Like that's not. You know, that's not how it was last year, right? Yeah, well, I think one thing that's happening, and at least since the winning streak started, well, I guess it's a, you know, now they're, what, 15 to 16, so it's a, it's not a streak per se, but it's a period of heightened excellence. (laughs) Wow, that's why you make the big bucks. I gotta, I gotta, I need some kind of contribution tonight. Yeah, exactly. You guys are are bringing it, and I'm just over here acting like, (laughs) Played Rocket you know? League. Yeah, <laughs> you're, playing, you're Rocket pay, League. playing Rocket League and screwing up the audio on the podcast. Yeah, and basically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talking like a tree thing. Yeah, yeah, you're you're baby Groot tonight. <laughs> no, you're teenage Groot because you don't even have the cuteness. So, <laughs> come on, it's radio. <laughs> no, I literally just watched that movie last week because it's on Netflix. So. The new one is yeah, Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy Two is on Netflix. I haven't seen two yet. Oh, it's good. You should you should watch it. It's entertaining. Yeah, I I, I really I really liked one, and then like I saw it a second time, and I was like, uh, maybe this is one of those movies that is just good once. I don't I, know. I think two is better on repeated watchings than one. Oh, okay. Okay. I I think the chemistry is a little better among the characters, although the it does have a uh, Lord of the Rings three ending that just kind of goes on forever. But oh, jeez, <laughs> you're like, when is this gonna end? <laughs> but but other than that, it, it's pretty good. So yeah. Um. But anyway, so baby, <laughs> the worst part about there. the worst about the worst thing about Lord of the Rings is they faded to black like five times. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, like, <laughs> is this over yet? No. Oh my god. It, it, it wasn't just like okay, they wrapped up that. It was like oh, fade to black. Uh, is it time to leave the theater? Oh wait, no, there's something still here. Yeah. No. The worst part of Lord of the Rings was those crappy Hobbit movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because there aren't very many worst parts of Lord of the Rings. It was, no. Yeah. It was pretty it, excellent. Yeah, the and the Hobbit movies, they should have made it. You know, I, I didn't think most the, two movies, right? And I thought the third one was pretty good. 
I thought the um, third the first... one was the worst one. Oh, what? The third one was like the best battle scenes I've ever seen in a movie. <sighs> like I was just for that alone, I was like, wow, this is worth the price of admission. The but first they... one, I felt like I was in the theater for 45 minutes and they were still screwing around in the Shire. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is going on? I, that's when I knew we were in trouble. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is why we make the big bucks. Is this, yeah, you, you know, random, um, random uh, night in December where we're discussing the Peter First Jackson Hobbit movie, <laughs> Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movie. You saw that? You saw that Amazon bought the rights to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, for, they're going to um, make a series. Yeah, yeah. Now, basically, they bought the rights to the whole Tolkien catalog. No, they didn't. They did I not. They did. No. So the TV rights or the or, I'm sorry, the movie rights were sold off back in the 60s. Right. The, t- the TV right, there were no TV rights ever sold off. So that is what has been, like, appended to. So now there's, like, TV rights that have been sold off. Just for Lord of the Rings, not for the whole, like, Tolkien legendary. that's not what I heard. I heard that Amazon bought the Tolkien catalog. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Well... Now that would probably cost more than the two hundred some million they paid. The whole franchise wow. is worth more than that. Wow, that's crazy. I'd like to think they're worth more than the freaking L.A. Clippers. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> no. It was fun watching Lamarcus Aldridge treat Al Horford like ragdoll physics engine Tyler Zeller <laughs> at the end of that uh, game. Did you guys get to see that? Um, the Celtics Spurs. I did not get to see yes. that. Yes. Oh. Ginobili! <laughs> he hit one at the uh he hit a crazy three at the halftime buzzer and then he hit this nuts step back with like a couple seconds left on the that guy's amazing the, uh, how old is quarter. he now yeah, he is 40 40 that's just nuts i mean i've never seen a guard i mean it's him and vince carter i've never seen a guard yeah. play as well and they're 40 like you've seen kareem you've seen some big guys do it but and maybe yep. jordan you know, when he was late in his career, but I've never seen Ginobili just, you know, come off the bench 20 minutes. Oh, I'm just going to drop 15 points in a game winning three, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And remember that crazy block he had in the playoffs a couple of years back? Oh yeah. Against, well, uh, was it Clay Thompson? Yeah, I do remember that. And then or, that wasn't the playoffs. Was it, was it a regular season game? It's hard to remember. I think it was the playoffs. Did they play the Spurs in the playoffs? Yeah, um, it was a few years ago. It's hard to remember. It all runs together. All I remember is the crazy, uh, <laughs> the crazy Dion Waiters, uh, inbounds play with, uh, remember that with Ginobili on? <laughs> Wait, what? Where Ginobili, um, the Dion Waiters Ginobili inbounds oh, play. Oh, yes. Right. Where, uh, it was a foul call, right? What happened? Right. Something I, I, like that. It was nuts. Yeah, and that was the year that Oklahoma City should have beat the Warriors in in the playoffs. Um, okay. And then ended up the Warriors ended up coming back from three one. Wait, was it that series? Did I, did I say Clay Thompson? No, I'm no, really no. That was the year of... before. You're right. It wasn't that. Okay. That was the year before. Okay. Yeah, I remember the weird like foul call. Um. Well, what, what even happened though? Someone wow. got like mauled before the inbound play or something. They or? called, yeah, they called the foul before the inbound, so it's a shot in the ball. Oh, I just saw the behind the back pass. That was sick. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, I don't know. We we need to change the subject because this is we can't remember. We're, we're, yeah. we're really falling down a rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> Ginobili. Oh, so we got to. I'll say. So I've got Brooklyn, Washington highlights on here. I got to see. Do you know who won? E- Eli did Bro- wa- Brooklyn or Washington win? Yes, I do. Is it uh, is Beal injured right and now? That's one. Brooklyn won again. I hate Damn. being right. <laughs> Wall yeah. is out right now. Yeah. Though. Yeah, Walls. Wall's out right now, but I mean Brooklyn just it shows you how much just how many teams are tanking that Brooklyn, who has arguably as little talent as anyone in the league, is still like in the middle tier of the NBA right now because I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Spencer Dinwiddie too. I wanted the Cavs to grab him, but he was I one picked of those... him up on my fantasy team yesterday. Yeah. I, like Ron I had him and I lost him. Yeah, I like Hollis Jefferson. I like um, um, Lumber. Crab is is good as well. So, plus they got Timo. He has an obnoxious hairdo, though. Yeah, they have Okafor and Stauskas now too. Yeah, and they also have Demar Derozan, who's playing really well. Like Stauskas, the guy that he had some weird nickname called Sauce when he played in Sacramento. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's like something Castillo. Oh yeah, like <laughs> Sauce Castillo. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like what? Uh, uh, yeah, Stoskis is one of those guys that just never made sense to me as an NBA player. Like even coming out of Michigan, I was like, how is that guy regarded? He's not a super great shooter. He just seems like kind of tall and can do a lot of things, kind of good, but nothing really well. And those guys usually don't tend to pan out. <laughs> You know, you've got to be good unless you're amazing at a lot of things. I mean, you've got to be a specialist in the NBA, it feels like. You know what I mean? Unless you're a, a star. If you're not a star and you're a role player, you have to be a specialist. You know, you got to be a three-point shooter. you got to be a defensive point guard. You so basically, be... if I'm following your logic correctly, if you're not good at everything, you should be good at something. Yeah, I know. It doesn't make a lot. It, it, it seems kind of obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me troll you, Nate. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, well trolled. So um, anyway, so I think we've kind of beaten this game to death. I, LeBron was really good. You know, Jay Crowder had a nice game, had a couple nice games. That Pistons game was kind of Jay Crowder's breakout moment. I mean, Jay Crowder had, uh, had. Well, no. What was the game where he hit the three? That was the a Pist- not three. Pistons. I'm sorry. No, Sixers. Game. Sixers. Sixers game. Yeah, Sixers. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. That was really Saturday huge. Saturday night. That, yeah. that that could have been like one of the more important parts of the season because, I mean, I I, I don't I'm not really into kind of wacky stats, but I do believe the whole like Cavs being 12 and 0 and Crowder scores 10 points. I believe that's a real thing because when he can be counted on to cut and finish and hit the occasional three or whatever. They suddenly don't have lineups out there with really an offensive weakness. Right. And when you put him out there and he's timid and you can shield off of him, well, then you add, you know, you have a rough shooting night for JR or, I don't know, you know, Jeff Green or Wade's not, they're not really floor spacers. And suddenly the Cavs can just go into like this malaise. But you yeah. look at, you look at a game like even tonight where it's just like, I mean, they just spread the floor, and LeBron is just the best passer I've ever seen, and he just finds all these guys. Um, I don't know. They 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 just look completely unstoppable, yeah. and that's well, that's without really teams. like 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Bad teams just seem like there's nothing they can do because, you know, bad teams that are quote unquote well coached, they'll find a way to take the best guy out of a lineup. But you just can't do that against the Cavs right now. I mean, right. what did they have? Six guys in double figures tonight? Six yeah. guys with at least 13 points. Well, and even with Wade out, um, bench, you know, still drops whatever, 50 points or whatever they did. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, and every starter makes a three pointer, so you can't like leave anyone right there. Yeah. Oh, man. Eli, you, man, what is going on? Why are you not on more podcasts? <laughs> you have all this like pre- prescient stat finding. Hey, Eli dropping knowledge. Yeah, seriously. The fingers of Cavs the tweets. Yeah, that's right. Drop, <laughs> dropping knowledge bombs. Yeah, I mean, and you gotta love the minutes distribution tonight. Cavs running, you know, nine deep with uh, Chetty and Channing Fry getting yeah, fifteen I, and seventeen. I, I like. You know. you know what I like about Chetty? Yeah, let's talk about Chetty for a minute. <clears throat> I love that he'll get picked or something, or he'll be out of position, and he just fights like a freaking salmon swimming upstream yeah. to get back to his man or make <laughs> any any sort of impact whatsoever on the play. It's, yeah. Even if it's just like, you know what, I have no chance. I'm just going to, oh, here's some random guy out in space. At the very least, I'm going to like bump him with my hip as yeah. I'm you know, literally leaning, pulling, grinding, doing anything I can just to try to get back in the play. Yeah. And that I mean that that's useful because you never know like you the he's a scrapper. Could, he's a scrapper and someone might rotate over and cause the play to do a little bit of a reset and when you got that guy out of position that doesn't fight like crazy to get back in the play then you're just that disadvantage remains. Um yeah. you know but someone makes a good rotation and now you know suddenly you're not back in this tenuous situation again. Yeah, well, that's, the other I, thing that's really I, what I saw from him. I saw that a lot from him tonight. Yeah, he's it's like, like the anti-Kyrie. Defensively. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Kyrie, yes. once he was screened, it was like, okay, I'm just, yeah. What, why even bother to get back? I'm just going to leak out and transition. You know. Right. Right. Well, not even that would that would require effort too. He would yeah. just kind of stand there. Yeah. Flypaper Kyrie, man. Remember? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. so other things I like about uh, Chetty Osman so far. Really good rebounder for his size. Yeah, he's not bad. He's not a bad rebounder. I mean, he's yeah. a scrapper lightweight, and you saw yeah. him tonight. Got a couple O boards, but then got called for uh, for an offensive foul. And to me, you know, if you're coming in and you're not in the bonus and you're getting offensive fouls when you're a bench player just scrapping for loose balls, that's what you want because eventually you're gonna get the calls to go your way. You know, he has gotten a lot. He's definitely got a lot of rookie calls against him. What was the game we saw the other night? Uh, where he got two three-point fouls against the Sixers in the third quarter. You remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. Got, and it was like, and it, the the one on uh, one of them was legit, but the one on uh, uh, Bayless, Jared Bayless, was just it was one of those garbage calls. Like, what you've seen? How many? What is like? I call it the the fake and flail, where yeah. the pump fakes and then. Yeah. <laughs> Just Did you see the play tonight? The Did you see the play tonight where I think Corver is like the best guy in the league at this? Where when he's in the corner and someone closes out, he does this like really quick, like he just like moves his hips real quick so the guy actually goes past him and he like resets his feet. Yeah. And now the guy's behind him and he's like still set to shoot somehow. He yeah. didn't. He, he didn't like. I, I don't know how he does balance. it. Man. He, well, he has... did it tonight. He did it tonight, and he got bumped from behind, and he still made the shot. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he that did was... not get the foul call, which was like, hey man, he just that can't run into ridiculous. someone from behind. Like he is, I he is was, ridiculous. I was a little like skeptical of the twenty-one year, three year, three million, three year, well, twenty-one million after, dollar contract. He especially got. after how he came up a total zero in the finals. <sighs> I mean, he well, he had a terrible finals. Well, let, I mean, let's be honest. The biggest shot of his career, a wide open left corner three. Uh, pass from yeah. the king that probably would have won game three or at yep. least sent game three to overtime. He, he bricked yeah. it, you know. Well, like you said, it's a make or miss league. I mean, yeah. And, you know, I love that the Cavs haven't held it against him. He's come back. He's one of the most fundamentally sound players. You know how they call Tim Duncan the big fundamental? The big fundamental. Yeah. I feel like Kyle Korver is the big fundamental of wing players. You love know. the La Flama fundamental. The La Flama fun, La Flun, Fundamental Blanca. I like La Flama Fundamental. The, I like the, I like the, the alliteration. Fundamental Flame. I like that. Yeah. No, I mean, I I can't say enough good things about Corver. Yeah. Corver to me, you know, I like that he's so process oriented. Like you can just tell he's not. He's he's sort of like the anti Dion Waiters. Remember how Waiters <laughs> would like airball a three and then he'd like swish the next one and then he'd like hit the side of the backboard and then. You know, he was such a rhythm player and like Corver, it's every, I mean, it, it's like, it's almost like just perfect statistical probability. It's like, you know what? Yeah. 46% of these are going to go in and yeah. I don't know exactly which ones they are, but there, there may be some um, clustering in games, but yeah, a little bit, but it's almost like he, he's not, he's not phased by how he's coming off the pick. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have like a lot of, you know, shooters. He doesn't have like obvious tendencies, you know, right. he can, he can square up in a lot of different ways. Well, oh, yeah. his I ability mean, to great. go straight up from a running, you know, when he comes around that and just square his shoulders instantly and then flick the ball up is, is pretty amazing. Like he gets his shoulders in the right position and his feet in the right position as he catches the ball, as well as anybody I've ever seen coming off a screen. Yeah. You know, yeah, or, yeah. He's he even seems like almost a better screen shooter than a catch and shoot guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it almost like if he has that extra half second to yeah. come off uh, the screen I, or just I, I see agree. a guy fly by, he's even better. Yeah, I think he's better off the curl. Yeah, too than like corner catch and shoot kind of guy. And and let's talk about the Indiana game for a second because I really felt like if a team wants to copy how to beat the Cavs right now they need to go watch tape of that Indiana game because Indiana because well, I, I felt like the Cavs kind of self-destruct a little bit what did you see that Indiana well, did well there was a couple things so one of the things and I think I had the recap on that game but um one of the things was that or no uh I think EG had the recap and I just had some comments but uh one of the things that I saw was that Indy knew where every one of those plays was going you know, like they had a really good scouting. I mean, the, the one that they run where Corver comes off the left wing and then curls to the top of the key, the Cavs run that play. Yeah. Well. They, they, they did have Corver pretty nailed down. Four, I felt like, but he, he still, he still missed a ton of shots. He oh, he did. Makes. He did. Absolutely. And, but part of that is about getting guys out of their rhythm. You know what I mean? Like good defense yeah. does that. But they see, that's where I thought the rhythm. Cavs hurt themselves because I felt like, you know, they had a lead and then they got, like uh prevent offense and they were mm-hmm. really methodically and they just weren't getting into their sets and Indy's not a bad defensive team and suddenly it's like oh crap the first 
action they denied and now there's five seconds left and yeah. oh crap someone has to create yeah and i just felt like man you really need to get multiple guys moving off the ball yeah um, i really felt like the cat i did have the recap that night and when i said it was the Cavs were not running their screen sets and you yeah. know, running through their plays with a lot of verve they weren't really cutting hard off screens they were just kind and of that's you know that's an example of what I, what can happen poorly when you don't have a point guard yeah. other than LeBron because LeBron's up there you know waiting for guys to move ready to make that great pass but he's still kind of hanging out the top of the key as like this yeah. passer slash safety valve and so if you know the defense can keep the action uh, you know on the perimeter from happening right. um you know you can get into these situations like that and that's kind of what I saw started to happen in the third quarter it started yeah. to get away from them a little bit and, the other and then they just kept the, missing they yeah. kept missing open shots and it was kind of demoralizing i think well and i think the cavs were going to their first option way too much off pass like it was one pick quick pass and a shot instead of working to the second and third and maybe even the fourth option um, so what did you think cuz i was actually pretty surprised that they handled Philadelphia the way they did on the next night. It was really, I thought that was one of their better played games of the season because they seemed to like, okay, we need to, we need to get back on the win train. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I thought for sure, like, you know, I, I, I was predicting a would... loss, especially when I heard yeah. Kevin Love wasn't playing. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. And no Tristan, no Kevin Love. Yeah. And part of that, part of what, really kind of got them going was that ridiculous peanut butter and jelly chemistry. I mean, Dwayne Wade and LeBron yeah, James, Wade, just, yeah. they just know where each other are on the court all the time. And and they're really, those two guys um, in like the last five minutes of fourth quarters are holy terrors. Oh, yeah. Like how many times this year have the Cavs kind of like just, I don't know, been within five points of a team basically the whole night and then down the stretch, they just put the clamps on in the fourth quarter. And yeah. both those guys getting all these blocks, and I've been I've been super impressed. That reminds me a little bit of the way the 9 team won all those games. Is even when you know they weren't blowing teams out, if they kept it close, their second half defense could just lock you down. They could keep a team from scoring for you know three, four, five minutes in a row, and that's what they did against. Uh, they've done that a couple times recently. Well, I, I, the other thing I feel like about with Dwayne Wade, um, not to poo-poo that comment because I totally think it's true, is Dwayne Wade, I feel like, has gotten LeBron to, to buy in and not play in chill mode so much in the first well, quarters. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks less chill mode, um, but also I think it's just he's he's like ascended to a different yeah. plane offensively, and he can... He can do what he did tonight, and honestly, he didn't look that worn out. I mean, 35 minutes. I mean, tonight is one of the, the most beautiful box scores I think I've ever seen in my life. 11 of 13 from the floor, 17 dimes. By the way, a lot of those dimes were three-pointers, so they oh, were yeah. more than a typical assist, um, and only two turnovers. Yeah. You know, that, that, is, that is ridiculous. Like accounting for that much of your team's offense at that level of efficiency and then only having two turnovers? Like what? Yeah, and, and going back to that, that Sixers game a little bit, um, you know, one of the things that happened, and I feel like one of the things that's happening with LeBron and Wade is that, you know, LeBron still gets into chill mode, but there he's found a gear 
between like I'm not going to box out anyone, get over half court on defense, or you know just remotely guard the weak side at all. He's yeah. got, found a gear between that and I'm going to destroy everybody. So yeah, and that he's gear, found that middle and, and it's, it, that What's hilarious is for three what's hilarious is that gear is like MVP of the league because oh, yeah. if you actually watch like Cavs playoff basketball, that's why it's a joke when people are like, "Oh, Kevin Durant, best league." It's like don't don't make me laugh. Like I mean. If you think that, then you're not watching. Think playoff what exactly? LeBron. That like LeBron is not the best player in the world oh, right yeah. now, right now at age 32. Yes. Because if you watch playoff basketball, if you watch the greatest team of all time, that Warriors team, and you watch that closely, you realize like, yeah, but LeBron's still the best player on the court. Like it's actually yeah. not in, in almost really every even. game. Yeah, exactly. It's it's <laughs> yeah. not even really that debatable if you just watch with the games. Um, so so this brings us to a great point. Um, you know, Kevin Pelton had an article yesterday. I don't know if you got to read it, but uh, I did. Yeah. It's basically the, the article was LeBron James is breaking the aging curve. And I really, the article annoyed the piss out of me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> In some ways, because yeah. they show this LeBron James aging curve. That's basically built Excel on, chart <laughs> built on these data points. That's all around LeBron's garbage regular season in you know yeah. three years ago um, right. when he went to Miami. You know, and that's the only reason that aging curve is is dropping. Also, his outlier season from twenty from when he was twenty four, right? <laughs> so you know, it's a it's a little little silly, but. You know, LeBron's aging curve is, and and I feel like one of the things about LeBron is, I, I said it a little bit last year, but LeBron is so good that he breaks analytics. Because, yeah. like, literally everybody Things else, the, sorry, Because analytics, well, analytics, you're right. I mean, you're just modeling what you've already seen, right? So you right. have, whatever, 70 years of NBA ball, you've got about, you know, 20 years at most of box score data. Play-by-play data. I mean, uh, not just box score data, and yeah, you try to like come up with uh, models and analysis based on that. So here's one that LeBron is currently breaking right now. So generally, it is understood in analytic circles that your free throw rate is like a very good indicator of efficiency for high usage wing players. Mm-hmm. Basically, like if you're a high usage, you know, wing player. And you're efficient, meaning you're not just like a volume scorer, Iverson, you know, esque. Then your free throw rate is going to be very high because teams are because basically you're efficient because you put yourself in position to be efficient, and so teams are going to have no recourse but to foul you, and you're going to take a lot of free throws. Well, LeBron's free throw rate is the lowest of his career right now, right. but his efficiency offensively is the highest of his career. Yeah, his effective field goal percentage is sixty three percent. Which so is that's like a really that's like a really good example where you know after like the fourth or fifth game of the season, even though LeBron was playing kind of out of his mind, the Cavs were losing, and I started seeing people bring up, "Oh, LeBron's free throw rate all time low," and at the time, Wade's free throw rate was at a career low. Well, and it was let's just be like, honest, LeBron was playing out of his mind offensively. Defensively, offensively, yeah. he was no, kind of yeah, a train wreck at times. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You know, but, and that's um, where to me that that middle gear between total chill mode and um i'm gonna destroy everybody comes in because lebron if he can play at that gear for three quarters you know that gear is still 
you know, at minimum second team all NBA. <laughs> yeah, know. and I mean, and, and here's the thing about it is that you look at, you can talk, you can explain away that free throw rate thing. LeBron no longer is just this, like, you know, freight train mowing down the lane, hopefully having a step on someone yeah. who's either going to jump over you, past you, or whatever. He's like, oh, all right, well, there's a defender here. All right, fine. I'll just flip it up with my left hand. Like that <laughs> shot he made tonight, I've never seen it. Have you ever seen that before, Which Eli? Which one was that? The the lefty, like, it was like a Kyrie shot. It was like a left-handed runner from, like, nine feet out. Oh, yeah, that nasty oh, yeah, one yeah. over, was that over Baysmore? Super, na- super no, nasty. No, 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 he had uh, one of those big, goofy white guys guarding him. <laughs> I'm, I'm triggered now. No, no racism in this podcast. No, but come on, Atlanta has the market cornered on big goofy white kidding. guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, they've got like four of them. So you know, but my favorite, my favorite comment section exchanges are when someone calls someone like a white stiff, and then someone <laughs> invariably says, "You know, I don't know if we should be saying that." And then the response is usually like, "But they are." <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing. But anyway, yeah, so that was totally sick. I've never yeah. seen LeBron do that before. And that's how he scores now. He's not looking to get fouled. He doesn't care. I mean, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna lobby the refs for calls, but he's like he doesn't mind when there's a defender between him and the basket. He just shoots over the guy. Right? Yeah. He can score in space. That's an acquired skill. Not everyone can do that. And very few people can do that super efficiently. A lot of big men learn that skill, right? They learn like, hey, there's going to be a guy on your hip. You're going to turn and he's still going to be there. So you got to learn how to shoot over bodies and over outstretched arms. And that's just, and that's you, a skill. Well, and one of the things I was reading about, like, and we were talking about this earlier is, uh, they were talking about Oladipo and how he's seeking out contact so much more than he ever had because he used to just go out of his way to avoid contact. And that's one of the things LeBron and, like you said, big men skills have is they know where the contact is coming from and they're using that contact. You right. know what I mean? Like they use that contract to, you know, either redirect their momentum or slow themselves down, get into the basket or just knowing where it's coming from and using that as part of their shot. And that's, LeBron is just a master of that, you know. Yeah, he, he's he's offensively like, honestly, I I've I mean yes, total defensively he's not the complete you know Troy Palomalu like animal that he was back you know for years there, um, yeah. but offensively he's you know he's basically re- he's removed all of his weaknesses, um, and if you surround him with shooters. He just makes people pay, you know, and I and I think that and it makes me wonder, like, uh, how's Isaiah Thomas going to work? Because on one hand, I think of how good of a shooter he is. And I just think, holy crap, LeBron's shooting 40 percent from three. Isaiah Thomas is going to shoot 40 percent from three. Kyle Corver is going to shoot 45 percent from three. Channing Fry is going to shoot 43 percent from three. J.R. Smith, I mean, he's dangerous, right? Um, wow. That team, and not that, not that Calderon can't. It's just Calderon needs to be kind of spotted up, you know, Steve Kerr, <laughs> Steve Kerr 90s style. Yeah. Well, not even Steve Kerr 90s style. Like, 
Bruce Bowen, we're going to leave you, we're going to leave 10 feet from between us and you. And it's going to take half a season of you making those threes for us to respect you. You know what I mean? You know, you, you know, the Bruce Bowen stat, right? I've brought that up before on this pod, haven't I? Um, it's been a while. So, so bring it back. Do you know the Bruce Bowen stat, Eli? No, I do not. Okay. So you, you can look this up. But there was a year, I want to say maybe 2004, 2006, I can't remember what year it was. There was a year where Bruce Bowen led the NBA in three-point field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like he shot like 45% from three or something. It was really high. Maybe 44%, I don't know. That same year, if you put some sort of filter cutoff and said <laughs> like, you know, you have to shoot at least like, 60 free throws. He was the worst free throw shooter in the NBA. He shot like 41%. So, well, and the other crazy thing about that was he almost exclusively took corner threes. Right. Right. Exactly. that, That is exactly right. But can you imagine that? Can you imagine shooting and not like a small sample size, like leading the NBA in three point field goal percentage and have making, making enough to be you know on the list, right? Not like he made like four, yeah. And then also um, shooting less than that from the free throw line, and then, and, and then being Eric Moreland from the free throw line, yeah. <laughs> My man. So like Moreland. if you, Holy so if you, so if you just look up, <laughs> if you I just look up. up, yeah. If you just look up, right up if you just look so, up the leaders, he won't be the worst because you know some random dude, some big center that played like seven minutes on the season and went one of four will be worse. But if you choose sort of like a reasonable cutoff, I want to say like 50 or 60 free throws made or something like that, he is was the worst free throw shooter. <laughs> so Eli's got it up. Let's hear it. Yeah. So it was 2002, 2003. He started 82 games for the Spurs, shot 44% from three on 2.8 attempts from the free throw line. He shot forty percent with only one attempt per game. Right. Yeah, and I right. will say that was a season that changed the direction of the NBA because I believe the Spurs won a championship that year. Was kid, no, that was still that? the Lakers. That was still the Lakers. Oh, it was still the Lakers. No, you're right. Yeah. But the Spurs were pretty much their toughest competition, and the the Spurs basically <laughs> proved that you could teach. You could take a guy that's a defensive specialist and basically just yeah. him concentrate on that corner three and yeah. make him not a disaster on offense. You're right. I mean, that's the first guy I can think of that was like that. And then the to... Cavs spent, you know, two years trying to do that with Ira Newbel and then also uh-huh. with uh, Alonzo G and it didn't work. You know what though, Alonzo G threw down some pretty sick dunks. We ha- we'll always uh, hey, have that. We'll I, always have that. Alonzo G was a guy that played his butt out when the Cavs were absolutely terrible, and or played his butt off when the Cavs were absolutely terrible, and always seemed to leave it on the floor. So you know, I I respect Alonzo G, and I'll have fond memories of him because he played hard when there was no reason to play hard. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> And actually, that was the year the the Spurs won the championship. Actually, ah. they beat the Nets. Oh, uh, Tom Wait, with the what? fake news. What, yes. what year was it? Two thousand two, two thousand three. Wasn't uh, that a, a lockout year? Was that huh? a lockout year? 
I'm not no. sure. No. Are you sure? What when did it? the Lakers three peat then? Uh they three peated before that. The last three peat was in two thousand. Okay. So there's the Spurs so, ruined the four consecutive trip to the finals. Wow. So and then, then I went to play I, the I, Pistons after yeah, that. Yeah, I totally misremembered that. I thought the Pistons ruined the four peat. So the Spurs okay, ruined the they're four Jeff peat. Sessions. And then <laughs> and then they and then they went back and the and the Pistons ruined them. Yeah, okay, so yeah. So 99, the Spurs won a championship because that was a lockout. That year. was the short, yeah, right. Yeah, and then, then the Lakers the Spurs won. Went 2000, or the Lakers went 2000 straight. to 2002, and then the Spurs won the next year. I totally forgot about that. Is that back? Did they have Ginobili and Parker back then? Ginobili had, like, the long hair that would, you know, <laughs> I think he did. flop around. Yeah. That was he, the last time. Parker was, was a good coach. Was Parker a rookie? That was the last time who was a good coach? Byron Scott. <laughs> for the for the Nets. Actually, he made it to the finals a year after that too. So That's right. Against With the Nets, uh, yeah. The Lakers, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's hard to that, that is that is such a ridiculous stat. Like I I don't that that's one of those stats that might never we might never see again. Oh, I agree with you. And like but I do feel like that that in three point percentage. Is the worst free throw shooter. Like I, I mean, who would even? Honestly, Jr. Smith is the closest guy I can think of that he even have a chance to touch that record because he's not a great free throw shooter. And I mean, was it two years ago? There was a point when he was like second in the league in percentage. He was shooting some ungodly percentage. But even Jr. is going to shoot, you know, like sixty eight percent from the free throw line, not forty like <laughs> like Bowen did. So I, I just think that might be my winner for weirdest stat. That we'll never see again. Either, so that either. Team, sorry, that team had Stephen Jackson, Monty Ginobili, Danny Ferry, obviously oh, Bruce yeah, Bowen, that was, Tim Duncan. Yeah, that was Danny Ferry before he retired. And Steve Kerr. And, and Steve Didn't Kirk. Ferry hit a couple big shots, like in the playoffs? I think I he like did, I yeah. That. What about, did that have, was that when they had Big Shot Bob? They did not have Big Shot Bob. Okay, so, so must Danny Ferry was Big then. Shot Bob. Yeah. Okay. You know he prefers Big Shot Rob. Oh, you're right. You're right. right. It is Big Shot Rob. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I've uh, down a rabbit hole again, but yeah. So one of the other things that Pelton touched on is that LeBron is shooting his lowest percentage ever of shots between 16 foot and the three point line. Um, and despite that, he's freaking deadly. From no, no, no. Right his lowest, like, atten- number of attempts. I, I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. And I, but I so, so on one hand, he's being intelligent about his shot selection, therefore more efficient. On the other hand, it's not out of necessity. Right. Because he's freaking... I mean, he's got this, like, turnaround fadeaway now. Oh, that, that sick turnaround fadeaway. The Jordan-esque one. Yeah, and they were even talking about. Did you see the thing about LeBron holding the ball over his head that like Jordan used to do, and yeah. he was showing off for uh, Pippen and Horace Grant, who were at that Bulls game the other day. Yeah, the thing yeah. scoring after twenty three points. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I told you he about like, like three I, quarters, and he didn't take a shot. I told yeah. you about. The guy in my office, the like the vice president saying <laughs> that, that said Pippin was trash. Pippin was trash. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, which is oh, just, like the most ridiculous thing ever. You know, the guy is literally the one top of the greatest players, 50 ever. players of all time, and yeah, nobody yeah. disputes it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> well, not else someone does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, arguably, a lot of people think he is in the conversation for greatest wing defender ever. So, yeah, yeah, that's possible. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think I certainly Pelham actually, I think Pelham actually had a list like that this week. Yeah. And then he left Gary Payton on it. So everybody was killing him for it. Or off he it. left Payton off it. Yeah. For yeah. Chris Paul. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. bro. <laughs> I mean, I know Chris Paul, you know, is good and generates a lot of steals, but the glove was locked down. Oh yeah. The glove was locked down in, in a time where you could, where you could abuse guys coming down the court. And he was a master of that. So Gary Payton's Hall of Fame speech is one of the, my favorites that I've ever heard. I don't know if you ever saw it. No, I got, I'll have to go back and look at it. It's, it's, it's really good. Any highlights, Tom? Are you just going to tell us? Well, it was, do you remember how he, um, like leading up to it, he had gotten on a bunch of shows like, you know, Sports Center, PTI and stuff. And he made the claim that John Stockton was the most difficult guy he ever guarded, which people, like freaked out because they're like, dude, you played against Michael Jordan. And he's like, I know, but, you know, I'm just telling you, you know. And so he kind of like stuck to his guns on that. And so he actually had Stockton like um, introduce him like at the Hall of Fame. Wow. And talk about two guys you would never like. Well, yeah, but together, you know, he basically he and he talked about it. he basically said, like, you know, he was. He had, you know, was real, had all this like swagger and, you know, he played with all this emotion and he's like, and he learned that, you know, he went up against Stockton who just brought it every night and just did whatever it took to win. And he, and he, he even brought up, he'd like Stockton would go like six of eight from the field with like 15 assists, you know, didn't take a playoff, never made a mistake, played within himself and was just like a true professional. And he basically credits you know, dealing with him and learning from him for like improving his game and becoming more well-rounded and yeah, um, no, not, not... Is one of the most underrated players of all time. The yeah. fact that as a guard, he led the NBA in uh, field goal percentage one year is amazing. Well, he's the only reason he's underrated is because he never won a championship. It, well, he he won he a never championship. won a championship and Malone, you know, kind of stole, I wouldn't say stole his thunder, but well, they were like yeah. the right brothers. They were kind of yeah. like a package deal, you know? Yeah. I think people understood that. But <laughs> the Wright it, Brothers. It, That's it, why it you was, make the big bucks, Tom. <laughs> dude, uh, Sunday is Wright Brothers Day. It is. So what um, is Wright Brothers Day? Because I, I don't know. It's a it's national holiday. It's, it's not a holiday, but it's a national recognized day. Is that, is uh, that the day of the Kitty Hawk yes, fight? Or? Yes. That's yes. awesome. Yep. Did you know that Neil Armstrong, Ohio a native from Wapakoneta. Who just passed away almost a year passed ago this away. last and, week. Oh, or a oh, year ago this last week. Was E.G.? Or, no. Um, you know they're making a movie about Neil Armstrong? <laughs> about Neil Armstrong or about John yes. Glenn? Yes. Well, I mean, it's. I think it's about the lunar um, or the Apollo program, but it's like, I think it's like a legit movie. Like, they've got, uh, what's his face? Um, <laughs> wow. Well, well. No, no, no. Who's the, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Who's the guy? Who's the guy? All the girls like that's in the Notebook. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Yes, Ryan Gosling. I think 
is playing the I love, I love that you describe who's the guy all the girls like in this movie from 10 years ago. <laughs> hey, man. It, you know, it's hard work keeping kids off your lawn. I don't got time for all the freshest movies, all right? But anyway, um, so where I was going with this is Neil Armstrong took a piece of the original Wright Flyer with him to the moon. And oh, it's awesome. now at the Smithsonian. You can see it. He didn't leave it there? Why didn't he leave it on the moon? It's kind of a dick move. Well, because <laughs> then, I don't know, because then the aliens will eat it or something. I don't know. He wanted to bring the it back. The Transformers? Yes, right. The Transformers. <laughs> the Decepticons. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, that's, that's very cool. I, I, I kid, but those guys, I have as much respect for those guys as anybody. I mean, one Who, of my Stockton all-time... and Malone or the Wright brothers? Or, well, or all exactly, of them? Yes. <laughs> I, meant yes. Astro- I meant astronauts, but in general. Okay. But yeah, and also the Wright brothers were amazing, you know. Uh, Ohio's own. But uh, <laughs> say something else, somebody. <laughs> is Tiger Woods back? <laughs> uh, is he? What's going on there? Well, he played, and he wasn't, like... He wasn't I think awful? He... Well, no, I think he was like second or third after the first day, and then I don't know how he finished. I think he struggled, but um, I mean, he's playing professional golf against top-ranked, you know, people, and at least he did once. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear like his press conference after. But did you, Eli? Do you know? Like, was he not in any pain or anything? I think he said he uh, felt pretty good, and he finished like in the top ten. Oh, did he? Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think I think only like twenty some people played in the tournament, so <laughs> it wasn't like some giant thing. Yeah, yeah, it was only like... eighteen people, so he was in the top half. Yeah, I still, I mean, he wasn't like, playing well, against scrubs. I mean, he was playing against no, top like, players. Yeah, like Spieth, uh, Kucher, all, a lot of top players. Dustin Johnson. I'm finally at the point where I'm pulling for Tiger again. Now you're a big golf guy, right, Eli? Yeah, because my sister. Yeah, your sister is like a really good golfer. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the memorial tournament, yeah, I saw you. You you, um, posted that picture of her sinking that putt, dude. Clutch. Yeah, she. uh, (laughs) I mean, she was one of the few uh, true freshmen that played a lot. But luckily, all the tournaments were like within driving distance, so I went to like four or five. Dude, I want to go with you, man. I've never been to a golf tournament. That'd be fun. Be awesome, yeah. We uh, there was one in like Cincinnati, so that would be the closest one for you. I mean, where you are is just as close. Yeah, that's true. We are so we are you guys, way you off the beaten out. path here. So guys. I, I got a guy. I got a guy working for me that lives in Columbus, and he just commutes. Um, doesn't come in every day, but um, but he's from like the Dayton area, and you know, so I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm like. Are you gonna, you know, what, are you gonna move back here? I mean, your family's from here, and he just looked at me. He's like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "Well, why not?" He's like, "Dayton is basically just like Diet Cleveland," <laughs> and he said it like disparagingly. I'm like, "Dude, you just insulted me on like nine levels, <laughs> like with your, you know, Columbus file talk. Like, get off me, <laughs> get off my lawn, Diet Cleveland, <laughs> Diet yeah. Cleveland." Yeah, and then, and then he like, and, then, and then that wasn't enough. He had to like follow it up. He's just like, oh, it's basically just Cleveland with smaller and more of a opiate epidemic. I'm like, dude, wow, 
Yeah, that's that's hard, man. You stay classy, you Columbus. You can't you can't shit on your hometown like that. No, 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 no. No, I I agree with you. You you got to stick with the girl that brung you. Yes, yes. Thank you, Nate. See, the, them kids these days don't understand. Yeah, they don't understand. You know, they don't understand wisdom. Yeah, you gotta right? you gotta represent your. Where you're from wisdom. is always part of you. Wisdom. You know? It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not it, Bitcoin. You're not mining Bitcoin here. No, you're not. <laughs> you're, it, it takes, you know, it, it's a struggle. It's a grind. Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. And the, and the Cavs have been grinding. Dude, the Cavs have been grinding. They have the been Cavs are just. You know what's great about this? The Cavs are just winning games. And they can... Yeah. They can go through a bad couple weeks, and we're not going to be like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? We're like, you know what? Are they going to have to beat the Warriors? Eh, not sure, but sure as heck not worried about anyone in the East. And well, the funny thing is I'm enjoying the regular season. Like, yes. it's not a struggle. Yes. Like, people are too. playing hard from game to game. We're not seeing these just total – we're not going to – you know, we've seen some bad first quarters. But yeah, we're yeah, not seeing these. True. We're just not going to come out of the locker room – you know, I, well, I feel like LeBron is enjoying his season too. I, I'm enjoying things like just all the pleasant surprises, and if and if yeah. Jay Crowder starts playing well, that's going to be great. But I'm enjoying Jeff Green. I mean, it's like for a guy that I literally thought was like subtraction <laughs> by addition, I'm yeah. thinking, man, this guy is a perfect fit. I can't honestly like. Can you think of a better vet minimum player for this team right now than? Then uh, Wade, then Wade, and Jeff and can Green. You think, and can you Both think of a second guys. best player than Jeff? Yeah, I mean those are like got to be at this point like one two. Well, I, don't, I mean I don't know Wade, legitimate minimums, but six man of the year candidate. You know LeBron's oh, yeah. pimping in for him. And then I read the dumbest article headline. I didn't even read the article. It was like if Wade is six man of the year, they will have to redefine how the what the award means. And I was like, what? No, it's literally. Why? always been this has always been the sixth man of the year guy who comes off the bench but can play close to starters minutes and finishes a lot of games it's like that's, well that's like ginobili that's when yeah. he won it i mean he played yeah. all fourth quarters but that's literally been the, the sixth bench. man of the year for the last 40 years right <laughs> Just, and it's it's funny because if you think about it, other than the three-point shot they're very similar players wade and ginobili and wade yeah i'll agree yeah. with that I mean, they're both about the same size. They both can handle the ball, play point guard in a pinch. Um, They're both good defensive players for their position. They both have a great Euro step. They both have a great Euro step. They both, you know, they both get a lot of blocks for the shooting guard position. Yeah. Really good hands defensively. Efficient. Efficient efficient players, yeah. Can literally probably play three positions between the three and the one. And in his prime, you know, Wade was just a little more explosive, and Ginobili's a better shooter. But I, yeah. I think they're pretty similar. Yeah, and Ginobili's left-handed. That'd be the only big difference. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The one player that I would say is might be better than Wade this year on like a minimum contract is Tyreek Evans. Oh yeah, yeah Tyreek Evans is really good. And there's yeah. so many guys that are uh, Beasley. Beasley for the Knicks was awesome tonight. Yeah. I don't know if he's on a minimum, but it's a pretty cheap contract. Um, yeah, I would. He was a guy I wanted the Cavs. I think it is a minimum. Yeah, so Beasley's playing really. There's a lot of guys on minimum contracts that didn't. You know, get... I haven't seen Beasley in a while. Is he? Is his game still like Thad Young? Like he's too afraid to go outside and shoot a three, or is no, he? No, at, he he's is out of the like range. 
No, he is like imagine a more polished um who's the guy that the Cavs had? Uh Derek Williams from last year. Imagine a more polished okay. Derek Williams from last year. Okay. Um that's kind of who Beasley is now. And the weird thing, he's he's kind of like a a pro's pro now. Like he's just kind of one of these guys that's like the old vet comes off. He's the got bench. like the YMCA moves. Well, that, but he's still really athletic, but he's just like the way he carries himself now is much more like professional and kind of laid back. And like, I'm not a guy that's going to get, you know, overly ticked off about a bad call yeah. or, you know, it isn't all yeah. about the hype, you know, so he's uh, grown up a lot. That's good. I, you think I actually Josh think Milwaukee Gordon has grown up or do you, you think he's going to be suspended again sometime here soon? Josh Gordon for the Browns. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, don't watch the Browns. The, I well, heard did he you, was the best player on the field for the Browns last week. Did or you um, did you uh, read that Sports Illustrated thing about the guy that went to interview him? It just it just sounds like Josh Gordon is just a hot mess. And well, that could I, mean, be I, I hope true. he can get it together for his sake and for the Browns' sake. But man, it's just I, like I, I gotta. I I'm kind of one of those guys. If you give a guy that many chances and he doesn't. Uh, you know, do it for you. That it's probably time to move on. The Browns yeah. have a, a lot of things right now that it's probably just time to move on from. But seriously, though, I mean, if you saw him on the field, he 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 runs like a four three forty, and he looks like Bo Jackson. I mean, yeah, he just huge. he's so freaking cut up. He he yeah. I mean, he he just he just his physique is just out of control. And you throw in the fact of how big and strong he is, and it's just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. No, the Browns are amazing. Like, their ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and just, like, every week they just can fool you into thinking they have a shot. And then yeah. you see, like, one of the low-light uh, plays in the NFL last year, that awful Deshaun Kaiser interception in overtime. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and then the other one that was so funny is so many people were rooting for oh fifteen and one last week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like the one the half a game better than all than the Detroit. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so funny. I don't know, I mean, man. They 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 might not win a game this year. I don't honest. think they're gonna. <laughs> it's it's pretty sad. I mean, I hopefully they fire Brown. Um, or not Brown, not Jackson. They already fired Brown. Yeah. yeah, hopefully they fire Jackson because I don't know what else that guy has to do to get fired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem to be coaching well. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's, he's statistically the worst coach of all time. <laughs> so I, I just don't understand what's going on with that team. But a lot of people are like, how long, how much longer is Haslam even going to own the team? Yeah. As opposed to just right, get, it's hard to believe any organization in pro sports can be that big of a mess. But like literally, the Browns are probably the worst organization in the three major pro sports right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, of the major ones, absolutely. I, I mean, mean, who's even close? Like, what decrepit like baseball teams are there that are like perennially bad? I don't know. Yeah, I mean the I, pi- the pirates were really bad for a long time. The devil rays started... were bad for a long time. Oh, well, not know. anymore. Yeah, the Bengals, the uh, <laughs> the Raiders are decent. You know, it's just 
You know, the the uh, Kings, the Sacramento Kings have been bad for almost yeah. as long as the Browns have been bad. Yeah, but they had their their teams in the early 2000s, late 90s. Right. But right. the other thing about the Sacramento Kings is they were eclipsed by the worst owner in pro sports in L.A. and Donald Sterling. So, you know, when when you had Donald Sterling running an NBA team, it kind of overshadowed a lot of, you know, he yeah. wasn't even the worst... He made George Shin not the worst owner in the history of the NBA. <laughs> Wait, who did George, who's George Shin? He was the guy was that he owned the, Super the Hornets. No, he was the guy that owned the Hornets and went bankrupt when they were in New Orleans, and the NBA had to buy the team from him. Oh yeah, and you know, and they then next the Chris Paul, and then next the Chris deal. Paul trade, and he was the guy that pissed off the entire city of Charlotte because. He wouldn't. They wouldn't build him a new arena, and they sold out every game. But he still moved the team to uh, New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. George Shen is the second worst owner in the NBA in NBA history. To be honest, it was le- legitimately nixed because the owners had to pay. The like. Team would have added salary if they did the Chris Paul deal. Oh yeah, no, I don't have a problem with nixing it at the time. It was more just George Shen being horrible in general. So. So I think I want to, you know, tail off the podcast here with, so we touched on Houston a little bit. So we've heard a couple rumors in the last week. One was that Houston has a legit chance to quote unquote sign LeBron James next off season. The other one that was the even more funny one is that, LeBron is going wherever Nerlens Noel goes next year because he got his because they have the same agent and they got he got his surgery at the Cleveland Clinic and he's hanging out with LeBron while he's here. So, um, Eli, what do you he think of placing his trust in Nerlens? Huh? What do you think of the Houston rumor? You know, honestly, of all the teams except for Cleveland, I think that makes the most sense for him because. They have so many good defenders there, like under the radar, solid defenders in like Capella, Ariza, uh, PJ Tucker now, and uh, Luke Mbamute. Mm-hmm. So I think they could uh, be a ideal landing spot, but I just don't see him leaving the Eastern Conference or the Cavs at this point. Because yeah. I think this season is an epitome of how the whole organization will, you know, do whatever he wants again. And uh, they empower him to make the decisions and live and die by them. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is how would they clear the money to sign him? Chris Paul also, um, you know, they need to find a way to sign if he's going to go play with Chris Paul. And I don't see Chris Paul taking a big pay cut because he probably took a $200 million pay cut to not sign a huge deal in L.A. Um, you know, I think he's making at least $60 million over the next three years. Um, not $200 million, $100 million, sorry, to not sign in L.A. But I think he's making at least $60 million in the next three years. So they would have to move Ryan Anderson and then move Eric Gordon. Ryan Anderson is going to be a tough move because forty million over the next two years after this one, they're going to have no, to. No, he's up. been he's been pretty good this year though. Yeah, but that's a lot of money. Nobody they couldn't get the Knicks 
to take him at all for Mello, which is kind of funny because um, Mello's been a disaster. <laughs> and they gladly took Cantor, too. Yeah, and they gladly took Cantor. So, but yeah, it, it's interesting that, I mean, they could amnesty him, and I don't think Eric Gordon's a tough guy to move. So they could clear enough cap room to conceivably do it. And then, you know, bring in Wade on the minimum, and then they'd have some shooters they'd have to sign. But I think the part of the problem that you have when you're under the salary cap is to get so far over the cap that you can afford all these other guys takes a few years like the Cavs have done. You know what I mean? Where, like, the Cavs have been over the cap for so long that they have these exceptions and they have bird rights on all these guys that they can keep, you know, floating above the cap. Whereas once you get under it, the year you get under it, it's hard to get over it to sign a bunch of extra guys once you get over the cap. And I just don't see the Cavs or the Rockets having enough ammunition to be able to do that. But they would have a really big, a really good big four, you know, if they had Harden and James and yeah, um, to piggyback on that, it's hard to do that if you don't have like a young star player like the Cavs did with Kyrie. Yeah, who's because you get that value the of the yeah. contract hold of like five years until he signs, and then it becomes yeah. the poison pill, sixteen or seventeen million bucks. Yeah, or more now. Yeah. yeah, but I I just don't see him having the money to do it. But I mean that would be a really big good big three. But all three of those guys probably need the ball in their hands to be effective. And I don't know if. LeBron wants to play with James Harden and Chris Paul and kind of never have the ball in his hands, but or play in Houston. Yeah, but you never know. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. Um, I I would think the funny thing is is I think Houston has a legit shot to beat um, Golden State this year. Yeah, they do. You know, Golden State I doesn't agree. look as hungry. James Harden is possibly the hardest guy to guard in the NBA, right? Well, second hardest. Yeah. I mean. The MVP race, let's be honest, it's James Harden. It's and Harden and LeBron, yeah. Not definitely. even close. So I don't put any stock in the um, <laughs> Joel or the Nerlens Noel, like <laughs> who's literally never done anything, you know, of note other than have like a few good games in the NBA. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, what Andy's is, out for like six weeks. It's yeah, not like he's going to play a lot this year. And the, the, the contract he turned down for the Mavs is just looking like, I think he turned down a four-year, $70 million deal, and it's looking like it was just a really dumb move at this point, just with the entire direction the NBA is going. Who's going to give him that money in the open market? I don't know. The Lakers. Yeah, I mean, oh, Tristan gosh. Thompson looks like he's on a terrible contract right now, the way the NBA is going and the way he makes $17 million and you know is barely playing and we don't even know if he's going to play all that much when he comes back. Do you think, what do you, what do you think Tristan averages a night minutes wise, Tom, when he's back? 12, 15. Yeah. E e Eli. Yeah. I'm going to say like 18 to 20. I have a hard time thinking that he's going to cut into Jeff green and Kevin loves minutes that much. Or defensive um, stalwart Channing Fry's minutes. Yeah, or Channing Fry's minutes. Yeah, I think he's going to cut into a lot of Crowder's minutes. To be honest, I know they don't play like the same position, but right now centers are guarding Jay Crowder because he can't shoot, and I think that's like the first natural sub that the Cavs are going to do. 
Hmm. I don't see it because Crowder can at least hit enough shots to keep a defense honest, whereas Tristan Thompson just you can't even have him out of the yeah, game. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think maybe part of the reason, you know, this idea that centers are getting Crowder, well the Cavs are let's look at the Cavs offensive rating, like since Tristan Thompson went out. It's not hurting them. No. Yeah. I agree. But I I don't know. Last year the Cavs starters with essentially the same lineup if you sub Crowder out for, you know, Tristan and obviously Kyrie and IT. I mean, it wasn't like a horrendous lineup last year as a starter. So no, no. he also had Kyrie to his guns, but I feel like Tristan's regressed a lot. I don't know if it's just, I I think he did not have a good early season. No. And his postseason wasn't great last year. Um, and, no, and that's probably where most of that comes from. I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, what made Tristan great at times was his motor. And he, he definitely hasn't had the same motor since, you know, last year's playoffs and early this season. And I'm not going to talk about the Kardashian thing. I think that's <laughs> dumb. But I do feel like... I don't know, man. I don't know if it's dumb. I do feel like the injury or the uh, the starting streak caught up with him a little probably played sometimes he shouldn't have played and then yeah um, that's a good point and then this year you know he was hurt even before he got knocked out of the game by more than one account that i've heard so you know that could be part of it as well so hopefully he comes back healthy and we you know hopefully he's shooting three pointers from the corner like bruce bowen so yeah (laughs) yeah anyway free throws like bruce bowen well, he already does. So, <laughs> no, he's 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 better than that now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's that uh, was in college. In college, he shot. No, like 40%. he he's not great. I mean, he's only broken sixty like once or twice. So right. It's not so, like he's he's usually in the fifties. Uh, I think he's usually in the sixties. Only once he's broken sixty. Once or twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can okay. look it up. Well. Anyway, so, so LeBron rumors. Um, yeah, go ahead. Are the are the L.A. rumors kind of quieting down now that like everyone realizes Lonzo Ball is ceiling is like poor man's Jason Kidd. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. I think right now Lonzo Ball is Ricky Rubio. I think he's Michael Carter Williams. Oh my gosh! Oof. 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 We keep lowering the the. Uh, um. Limbo bar here. I guess you're right, Tom. He does. He has four seasons over sixty percent. So I will. I will. There you go, Nate. Make, but making up year, your own reality. Last year he was under fifty, and early this season he was at forty six. So last year was his worst free throw shooting percentage of his career. Kardashian. Oh, I won't say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean Lonzo Ball. I actually think he has a future as a decent player, but I don't think until he fixes his shot, he'll never be an all. You know who has a future as a decent player is Ben Simmons. Well, let's talk about how many great rookies there are this year. I mean, Ben Simmons yeah. looks ridiculous. Um, you know, Darren Fox looks like he's really good. That Mitchell kid for Utah had a what a forty-six point game. Yeah, I mean, there's just some ridiculously good young players that got drafted this year. John I mean, Collins. I mean boy from Wake. 
Tatum. He didn't play today. Yeah. yeah, Tatum. Yeah. Can you guys believe that? Um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> Who's the guy that um, went to Europe instead of going to college for a year? Well, Jennings did that. Brandon yeah, Jennings Brandon Jennings. Remember Brandon Jennings in like his seventh game scored like fifty-seven points or fifty-five yeah, he, points or something like that. And yeah, that was t- like Tony Delk had a fifty-point game. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there's some bad players that had. Laurie Markinen looks like a good. I mean, but there's some bad players that have had some uh, really good shooting games. So like I mean, Mo that, Williams. Well, a lot of people, yeah, exactly. A lot of people say that that um, seventy-point game by Devin Booker last year was a joke. You know, did you see that clip? Playing, was, did you see the clip of the Suns versus the Celtics, like not playing any defense? Right. While <laughs> that was so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it the tank. I'm the tanking is so bad right now some of these teams and like I swear to God I saw the Lakers just get to the end of this game against the Knicks in overtime and they're down four and there's like 30 some seconds left and I'm like so you're just gonna try and get a stop and score four points in six seconds like how can you not foul now you know what I mean like that just seems like impossible like Luke Williams Luke Walton is deciding okay we're we're okay to lose this game right now yeah I mean, there just seems like so many of those. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, he saw what, you know, trying really hard and signing Lou Aldang did for the season of Hong Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he, like, well, yeah, he you know. He does what? have Lou Aldang on his team, so. Ah. <laughs> on what's arguably the NBA's worst contract. <laughs> I mean, there's some bad ones, but it what's amazes me. How... What's Lou Aldang's? Oh gosh, I think he's making like twenty million a year. Speaking of worst contracts, did you see Ben Gordon got arrested for like shoplifting again? <laughs> no, Ben Gordon from yes, Orlando from back, um, or not Orlando, uh, Chicago. Well, yeah, he was on the Pistons, and then yeah, Chicago. But remember, he signed that back at the time was saw, seen as one of the most ridiculous contracts ever. Yeah. He was like a like a, you know, borderline starter scorer and he signed like one of the richest deals at the time. Yeah, it was a terrible contract. So Luol Dang is making 17 million this year, 18 million next year and 18.8 the year after with no outs. Whoa. Oof, that is brutal. <laughs> Oh my god! You know what the crazy thing is? Is he's the same age as LeBron? That is crazy because he is like an old man. He's had an old man's game like since he was a rookie. Yeah, but he really has an old man's game yeah. now. And Mozgov's contract is terrible. I'm trying to. Oh, that Mason Plumley is on a terrible. Mason Plumley makes not Mason uh, Miles, the one that plays for Atlanta, is on a deal. He makes twelve point five million. A year for the next three years <laughs> to be like Atlanta's third center. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was another brilliant Rich Cho and Michael Jordan signing last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was just so many. Charlotte. Charlotte's, are they the most disappointing team right now in your mind? Or. <sighs> I got to go look. I mean, not really because 
the Dwight Howard effect is totally predictable. predictable. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Eli? Who's your um, disappointment team so far? It has to be the Thunder, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, maybe. Well, How about I mean, in the East? Yeah, the Thunder is 12 and 14. You know, the Pistons are kind of disappointing because I think they lost like seven straight yeah, they were doing fine, but they've lost a bunch in a row. Yeah, and remember how hot the Magic started out, and now they're 11 and 17. So, I mean, there's... <laughs> and yet the Bulls the Bulls are on a three-game win streak. Yeah. And yeah. now so I heard they're shopping uh, Brooke Lopez. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're winning too so many So I'm playing games. Rocket League, and okay. I'm on a team with a guy whose name is Lamar Scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Lamar Odom's picture. <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of Courtney. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I feel like, dude, I'm podcasting right now. Yeah. And we are talking about Lamar Odom's. Uh, well, we're talking Lamar. around Lamar Odom. <laughs> yeah, so the Clippers are really disappointing, but I feel like that has to do with injury more than anything. Yeah. I mean, they're 10 and 15, whereas, you know, OKC, they're healthy and they're playing this bad. I think maybe Memphis is the most disappointing team. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they're eight and nineteen. They're not good. Well, they started off well, and then they've like gone one and nine in their last ten. Yeah, and Conley's gotten his yearly injury, and we just got a win for uh, you know. Well, that was my fault. I drafted him on my fantasy team. Oh god, my fantasy team is brutal. I've got so many. I've got Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, um. Uh, Kyle, oh, who's the Kyle that plays for the Spurs? Slow-mo. Oh, slow mo, yeah, yeah. I've got him. I've got like six guys that are Kyle, out. Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, yeah, yeah. I've got a ton of guys that are out. So my my, I'm I think I'm I'm posting a record like the Bulls right now in uh, in fantasy. So, <laughs> anyways, this podcast getting a little long in the tooth, gentlemen. All right. Uh, How are any, we wrapping this one up, Nate? Any uh, parting shots, Eli? Anything you want to pitch? Um, I want to pitch uh, some Great Lakes Christmas sale because that's what I'll is be the, enjoying. Is the Christmas sale on point this year? It's pretty good this year. I think they uh, took a step back last year, but this year is better. Okay, because I know I've always been a big, uh, for the last few years, I'm I'm more on the train of the um of the thirsty dog, uh, which is the supposedly the original Christmas sale recipe. So, what about you, Tom? Anything you want to pitch? Uh what do I want to pitch? I want to pitch good Christmas music. Oh, I know what I want to pitch. So I was reading about um, you know how. The reindeer, you know, all have names. Did you know that? Did you know that the original names of the last two were Dunder, like Dunder Mifflin, and um, Blixen, which are the Dutch names for thunder and lightning. Oh, and then at su- and at some point, you know, there's like a controversy over who actually wrote that poem because people generally have attributed to that. One guy, but now there's like historians that say, no, nah, it was probably this other guy. What, the night before Christmas? Yeah. Well, it, which it wasn't even called that. It was called like waiting for St. Nick or something. 
Um, but it was originally published in like 1923, and people didn't know. And then they started guessing that the one guy, Clement or whatever, published it. And then he did later, like 20 years later, publish it again. But he then um, did not use those names. He used uh, Donder, not Dunder. <laughs> and it wasn't really. And so no one actually knows when Donner became Donner from like Dunder to Donder to Donner. But Blixen to Blitzen we do kind of know when that happened because it went from like the Dutch name for uh, lightning to the German name for lightning. <laughs> so, yeah, the blitz, the blitz. <laughs> wow. Tom, that was, that was some kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> so I have uh, nothing nearly that exciting to pitch. I'm going to pitch um, this holiday season. So I'm a big eggnog fan, and uh, I've been very depressed the last couple of years because Superior Dairy, who makes the best eggnog in Northeast Ohio, stopped making eggnog. So I'm going to say, as a close substitute, Hartzler Dairy out of Worcester makes the best eggnog I've had. Um, and Hartzler Dairy, uh, you get this eggnog in this big old-time milk bottle, and it's like seven bucks for like a quart of eggnog, but it's really good. So if you've got seven bucks to spend on a quart of eggnog and you want a, you know, a, uh, a keepsake milk bottle, uh, Hartzler is the way to go. So there you go. Wow, That's very my nice. pitch. That's very my nice. pitch. Anyway, and as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost your home. And we're out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.